Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to uh, Calvary Chapel in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're just thankful for you to be part of the study this evening on Wednesday nights here, midweek service, as we continue down our uh, discipleship journey. Uh, it's, uh, God calls us to, uh, to uh, disciple others and to be discipled. And that's what the series is about. And we are taking very specific topics of specific things and lots of scripture for you to, uh, to hold on to, to, to meditate on and memorize and, and to help you to grow in your relationship with, with Christ. But also to understand that you can then go out and help others and uh, their walk and encourage them in their walk by sharing the, the scriptures with them. Now bear with me, I had a, you know, a test, a slight test today, and the test is the fact that I lost my glasses just before coming here today, so uh, I'm going to be reading without glasses, so bear with me if I'm having to pick things up and get a little closer to get the zoom in uh, to be able to read. So if you remember, uh, as we look at the uh, discipleship journey, tonight's uh, on the ungodly characteristics it's uh, still part of the steps uh, that took us up to step 38 in the uh, key principles that we need to understand in a discipleship uh, relation, in a being discipled or discipling someone else. Um, and this is a kind of a third part of uh, supporting all of those steps that we outlined uh, just a few a couple of weeks ago. And we're going to read out of Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 11 as our platform as we uh, move forward in regards to uh, the rest of the topic. Remember tonight we are going to be uh, taking just a light conversation, a light conversation around the characteristics of envy and jealousy and covetousness and greed. Just, a, just light topics of discussion. And it could, uh, it could uh, you know, I warn you now, you know, if, if, if it's a little cutting, just understand uh, the Lord will is a great healer, and He will heal you and bandage you up and and and, and stop the bleeding if this uh, takes you and hits you personally pretty strong. Uh, it's what the Word of God is intended to do. So uh, let's let's pray, Father. Again, we thank you for tonight, Lord. And as we open up your Scripture, uh, we do ask you, uh, Holy Spirit, just to move in a mighty way in the hearts of the the hearers tonight as they hear. Uh, what is being uh, taught from your scriptures and, and from your truths, Lord, may it speak to our hearts and have hearts to receive. That means we need to have a desires to, to listen and to receive from you, Holy Spirit. And again, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy, Lord Jesus. And uh, Father, just uh, we want this to be a, uh, pleasing to you this evening as we study your word and together and worship together. And again, we thank you and praise you for this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seeking things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarians, Scythians, slave nor free, but Christ in all, in all. We're talking here this evening, and again, it's a, it's a challenge uh, as we go through the scriptures, as you, we encourage you to read through the scriptures uh, from cover to cover in one year. And if you do not have the seven-day Bible study, recommended Bible study, uh, please contact the church or kind of see me, and I will get you the outline so you can, to encourage you as we approach the new year. I don't wait until the new year to start it. I encourage you to start now, <laughs> not to wait. Uh, so it's like a diet or wanting to work out. I'll wait until I'm done after the holidays and then I'll start. And then you wonder if you think you're going to start in January 1st. So I, I highly encourage you when it comes to spiritual things, you don't wait. You start today and immediately. Because one of the biggest challenges you and I will face in making biblical changes in our lives is dying to self. And that's why we've been over the last few weeks here, we're talking about dying to self. We talked about self-belittlement um, and self-exaltation and, and, and self-pity last week. Just a slight conversation. But, um, and we're going to add on to this this evening uh, some additional ones on the characteristics, ungodly characteristics of envy, jealousy, covetousness, and greed. Now, if you remember that our Heavenly Father is the sovereign God of the universe. Don't ever forget that. God is sovereign God of the universe and has your best interest at heart regardless of how you feel, and will accomplish his purpose in your life as a child of God. He's going to accomplish that purpose. And so at times we walk, we think, oh, this is, I'm never going to change, or this is never going to get better, this is never going to, this is my life. The rest, and, it's, and you can get wrapped up into that because you do not think like what God has said and outlined in the scriptures for you as a child of God. But he definitely promises us he will accomplish his purposes in our life, and you can go back and you can look at Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 11, Romans 8, 29, and uh, Philippians 1, 6. I mean, there's just so much to do that. And he promises to meet every need that you will ever have. And you know, let me repeat that again. It's a truth that so many times people say, I don't know if God's going to come through for this, but you have to understand that he promises to meet every need that you will ever have. Psalm 34, 10. Psalm 15 through 18. Or 34 through, yeah, verses 15 through 18. 
Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34. And again, there's so many things that we can do that. But not only will he promise to uh, provide for you and I to meet every need that you will ever have, not every want, but every need, that, uh, but he also says he will equip you and I to, for you and I to uh, be fully equipped for every good work that he's calling you to do for him. He is promises that he will equip you and I for that good work. And you can see that, and we've read that through that many times in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, and 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. So we, again, the previous teachings in the discipleship journey, we've covered many of these scriptures. And to be... Uh, the understanding of the fact that he will provide for every need, he will equip you for every good work that he's called you to, but he also says that uh, you and I will be, that he will be with you through every circumstances of life. That he doesn't leave you or forsake you. He doesn't sit there and let you wander and figure it out life on your own, but that you, you to be with you and me through every circumstance of life. And we must remember that. Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6. Or Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. These are just very key things that you and I must remember and get that settled in your mind for you and I to be able to grow and mature in this discipleship journey that we find ourselves in. Because envy and jealousy and covetousness and greed will destroy your life. And you have a testimony that you came from that life. You no longer live that life. And so I'm sure tonight this is not for you, for you to change, I'm sure. I'm sure you're learning this to help someone else that's dealing with envy and jealousy and covetousness and greed. So I'm sure these notes are for others. But you may want to, you can also be refined, obviously in your walk and making sure you haven't missed anything in understanding of these sins that dominate so many people's lives before Christ and still even linger, even as a Christian, can linger and cause much division within the church, within the body of Christ, among your families, etc. and etc. Because those envy, um, jealousy, and covetousness and greed is a very much a will reveal, if that's what you're dealing with, reveals a very self-focus that you still have in your life. You're really not as dominant in focus on God and a focus on others than yourself. When you focus on yourself more, these types of sins will dominate in your life and we must deal with those because it reveals to you, because you're so self-focused on those things, it reveals the fact that you're questioning God's work and sovereignty in your life. It questions God's work and provision in your life. You question that God is really going to come through that with you with through that. And that's why the, um, the sins of envy and the sin of covetousness and sin of jealousy and greed uh, will come about and rise its ugly head up in your life and will put it out. And we've seen the scriptures over and over. We must put off those things. You must choose to not allow those things to continue in your thought patterns and making sure you commit your life to Jesus Christ in those things. You need to get, these sins must be put to dead in your life. Romans 
chapter 6, uh, verses 3 and, uh, three and 4. Um, Romans chapter 6, verses, uh, uh, verses 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Lust is another word that we will see uh, in the word covetousness uh, as well. And we need to understand when we look at even Titus chapter 3 verse 3, it says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. See, that's the old man. That's the old person that we have to put off that was dead to, you know, with Christ on the cross. We're not to allow that old man or that fleshly carnal life to come creeping back into our lives. We must deal with it. And that's why we need to understand the characteristics of these sins from an uh, un, uh, ungodly perspective, but also from God's view. So when you belittle others... When you belittle others in your thought or speech or disobey specific commands of Scripture, you are going to find that things of these sins are going to start creeping up into your life. You are not to think or speak about others' accomplishments or abilities or even positions in a demeaning manner. We're not to do those things. You and I are not to think or speak about other people's accomplishments and tear them down in any form or fashion. We see in Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are Noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's what we're supposed to meditate on things, not meditating on things that would tear down in your mind about someone else and their accomplishments and abilities and what God is doing in and through their lives. You are not to think or speak of others' lies or actions in a way which questions the person's motives or character. You, must be, you and I must not allow that kind of thinking or speaking about others' lives and start questioning their motives and questioning their character uh, because you have a problem with envy, jealousy, covetousness, or greed. And we see that uh, in James uh, 4.11, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. So we must be very careful of what we do in our thought process and our speaking ability of, against someone else. You are, you are not to think and speak and act in ways which imply that another person is selfish because he has material goods. 
We must not allow that to happen when you will come across and you see what other people's cars are driving or their house they live in or the clothes they wear. Something of material of, and you can kind of, you can look at it and go, that's not cheap stuff that they're wearing. Oh, that's, not a, that's kind of a big house, isn't it, for someone who's in that position of a church or that position of supposedly a Christian? Aren't they all aren't supposed to be living a certain lifestyle that says a certain way? And what people do who envy or jealousy or covetous or greed will think and speak and act against people that have material goods. That should never happen. That cannot happen in your life. You're not allowed that to happen because it's sin when you have and allow those things to creep in your minds. Now, if you find yourself comparing yourself and your circumstances with those who have material goods or benefits or abilities or talents, or spiritual gifts, or honors uh, that's honoring of them because of the place and position they find themselves in, and you question God's sovereignty in your own life. Well, why do they be able to do that, and I can't have that? Why do they get to drive that, and I should be able to have that? Why do they get to be in that position and do that? I always remembered a, a story of, of, of when I was teaching the foundational class back in, in, in California it's just a few years ago. Um, but I always used an example of uh, Michael Jordan at the time. He was just an incredible athlete, and his abilities were just absolutely shocking to the world of his abilities of jumping and, and, and doing those things. And how many people would you listen to them? Would uh, the, the demonstration of the envy and the jealousy and the covetousness and greed that would come out of their lives of other basketball players and other people and saying that they're somehow they should put some kind of limitation to uh, Michael Jordan because he jumps too high. Because he's able to, to hit too many three throwers. Or, and, and they were always justifying how somehow he must be taking some drug. Or justifying somehow to uh, justify why they can't have that same ability. But what the bottom line problem is and was in their life. Even though they were a great basketball player or a great coach or whatever. Who it was that was talking trash about him. They had a problem with envy and covetousness and jealousy and greed because they were tearing him down because of his abilities. It happens in the Christian world as well when God is using someone in a mighty way and you come back and ask and question God's sovereignty in your life and why you're not able to do the things that they, they're able to do. 2 Corinthians 10.12 for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. <laughs> if you find that speaking to your heart tonight, then you're unwise. You must change your course of directions and how you think and how you look toward those that God is using and, uh, and, and, and uh, has blessed or provided for. Um, but because it, it's a sin. And you, you sin in this manner when you're desiring or demanding an equal measure of others' benefits. When you demand those people are getting benefits, I should have those benefits too. 
And it doesn't matter if you did or did not earn those benefits. That's the challenge. And we see that as prevalent as can be in the, in, the, in the political world and in the society today. There are people who are demanding to have the same benefits as someone else, even though they don't even work. Or they didn't go to college and earn that degree. They didn't get studied to do that. They do that. But they'll justify they someone has all those benefits because somehow they got that because of the name or color of skin or the right side of the tracks that you were born in or you were it goes on and on and on. What their problem is is they have a sin problem of envy and jealousy and covetousness and greed. That's their problem in this society today. And we see it played out on the streets of our cities. Many complain. You find yourself complaining in your thoughts or in your conversations about your present situations in life. Woe is me kinds of conversations. That is a sign of a sin that is comparing yourself with your circumstances with other people who are not in those circumstances. And again, it is a glimpse of the fact that you need to deal with the sin of the envy, jealousy, covetousness, and greed. Because what will happen is you find yourself striving to obtain you will striving to accumulate or acquire more wealth or more honor coming your direction or more power of position or more fame or popularity among others. You will strive for those things. And if you find yourself striving for those things and jostling at work to try to find a get away to get more power and get more honor and recognitions and on and on and on, those are signs that you're dealing with the sin of envy, jealousy, covetousness, and greed. Now some common thoughts as I pondered on these subjects here, the common thoughts and words and actions that we find ourselves in uh, that will get revealed in the kind of conversations that, come, that comes out of your mouth is from the heart is in these four things is this complaining about your circumstances or making un, ungodly, unwholesome, unedifying statements about other people while comparing yourself with them uh, of the situation that, that somehow life is unfair and that somehow they've, they've figured out and they're somehow cheating and uh, somehow benefiting because of uh, they've got some secret sauce that they get to have because of the position they find themselves in. But that's not the, that's not the fact. Matthew 12 Verse 34 through 37 says, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, and a, a good man out of the tre good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment." For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be 
condemned. So we again, what comes out of our mouth really will speak to where your heart is and, and if the sin of, of, of envy and jealousy and covetousness and greed dominates your life or not at this point in time and it needs to change. So what are some of these things that we find ourselves in? We find that says, well, uh, that person at work uh, just got another uh, you know, recognition because they accomplished and they talked about how hard they worked and listened to the boss tell them how hard they worked. They don't work as hard as they really say. I bet they, 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 they stepped on a quite a few people's um, heads to be able to climb up to that next position. I'm sure they know someone who knows someone and they kind of wheeled them, dealed themselves in there and, and made their way to happen. And that's the only way they got that new position. I should have got that position. And what you're doing is you're belittling accomplishments of other people. That's just revealing that you have a problem with envy. Or jealousy or covetousness or greed. Or maybe it is, oh, anybody who has a half a brain could have figured that out. She just happened to be at the right place at the right time, and that's why she got it. That language right there reveals to you, you're basically belittling their ability. Again, another sign that you have to deal with those things, those sins in your life. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Romans 14, verses 10 through 13. But why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judge, judgment seat of Christ... For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of you shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this and not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. So we, out of the words and how you say and what you say to someone, because you're having challenges with envy, jealousy, and covetousness, and, and uh, greed. And again, many people will say, I don't have those sins. And you may disguise it and call it somewhere else and, and try to justify it. But the bottom line is, you've got a sin problem that needs to be dealt with. How about, sure you're rich. Of course you're rich. Look at you. But did you ever wonder how they managed to get that much money in their lives? I'm sure they don't give sacrificially. I bet you they don't even tithes or gifts or offerings. I'm sure they're not doing that. I bet you they're not helping others because of that. That's why they've got all this money and they're able to spend all that money and all that stuff that I think they have. What you're doing in that kind of a language in your mind, even if you may not be speaking it, you're thinking it, you're basically, you're belittling the deeds or the works or comparing self with others, and it's a sin. 
Oh, she is so beautiful. Can you imagine how many hours she spends in front of the mirror staring at herself to look like that? Again, you're belittling physical appearance. You have a challenge with envy, jealousy, covetousness, and greed. How about this one? I don't know why he's in charge of that ministry. You'd think the whole church revolved around him since everyone thinks he can do everything. Well, pride goes before the fall, I always say. That person's dealing with belittling accomplishments and responsibilities that that person has within the ministry. Again, just revealing of the sin that's in that person's heart. So when your thoughts, your words, or actions indicate envy or jealousy or covetousness or greed, you displease the Lord. Through the lack of the love that you show toward others or, or by the fact that you're trying to exalt yourself against others. And because of that, you reveal the spiritual condition of your heart currently, which needs to be not focused on yourself. It needs to be focused on the Lord, and it needs to focus on others. Matthew 15, verses 19 and 20. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. And you can see how many times, as we see in the scriptures, the priorities and understanding of the scriptures, that person is off their rocker. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8, says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, But in loneliness of mind, and let each esteem each other's better than himself, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who was being in the form of God, did not consider in robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man, and being found... In the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. How important we know and understand the scripture. Why Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. That is what we need to do. And And we need to understand that uh, as we take a look and we ponder and and we self-examinate ourselves in regards to these types of sins, we must be repentive. We must change. We must biblically change according to what the scriptures tend. Because you pretend outwardly that you are happy for another's recognition. Or you're outwardly saying, oh, praise the Lord, brother, I'm so glad that all that great things and accomplishments and things are taking place. But privately, you're, you're just complaining. 
privately, you're not happy and about the unfairness of life and how deprived you are because you should have been more involved or somehow got the accomplishments or recognition from that. And we must be understanding because Philippians 2.14 says clearly, do all things without complaining and disputing. All things. We cannot be complaining and disputing. And that is the thing that we must fight against and make sure in our minds it doesn't allow that thing to dwell in our minds. We must get rid of that thought before it takes root and changes the heart in a way that is detrimental to your to you and those around you sometimes you practice a how do I get one up on this person how do I get back and how can I get one up so I can kind of take the step in in front of that person and seek to have more honor or more goods or or more praise to coming to my direction more attention to my to my direction of uh, my accomplishments to show that uh, you can do as 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 just as much as the other person Proverbs 25:27 says it is not good to eat much honey so to seek one's glory is not glory to seek one's glory is not glory Proverbs 27.2, let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. If you're going to get praised for something, allow it someone else to be the one that does it. Don't try to make sure you figure out how you can do it for yourself. Scripture here clearly speaks to that and not having it. Even Mark chapter 10. Mark 10, verse 43 through 45. So let it shall, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So do you want to be more like Christ-like? Read, go back and read Mark chapter 10, verse 43 through 45, and you will realize Jesus didn't come to be served, but to to, to serve others, to be a slave of all. And if we want to be Christ-like, that needs to be speaking to us in our life as well. Now you plan or try to take away the very thing that other person has, They have that friendship. How can I take that friendship from them? They have popularity. How can I take that popularity from them? They they have a spouse. How can I get that spouse from them? They have a reputation. How can I get that reputation for myself? That is completely against the word of God. And we see in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is in your neighbor's parking lot and driveway. You cannot covet someone else's truck, let alone a car or any other little fancy Sports car, top down, red color, 
high speed, you know, <laughs> you're not coveting anything, are you? <laughs> you're just observing how beautiful the Lord has blessed you. But again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when it tilts. <laughs> when it goes from that and it tilts and says, how can I get that car? Or how can I get one up on them and go find another car? Honey, we're going to mortgage the car and we're going to mortgage the kids somehow and make them produce some money because I need to get a car that's better than someone else. That's the problem. Or honey, I know you haven't worked in 20 years. You raised 10 kids, but now you got to go back to work because I want my sports car. I mean, these are crazy things, but... I'm not exaggerating in some cases. I've heard in the ministry over the years, my wife needs to have something. She needs to go back to work so I can get more stuffed according to our neighbors. <laughs> One up on the neighbors, as they say. Or how about you ignore and avoid those who are honored? You see someone being honored for the things that God is doing in their lives or in their work profession, and you avoid them. You don't want any interaction with them. Go back to read Romans 12, 10, 12, 15, 1 Peter 2, 17. Let that speak to your heart. How about you pretend that the other person's position or goods do not matter to you? And put on this kind of a, this veneer, oh, doesn't bother me. Ugh, don't even think about it. It's a second thought about it, man. You know, I don't know why you think I think about it. You know, I, I just, you know, I just, you know, it's not a big deal to me. It's no big thing, a kind of attitude. And that's how you kind of disguise it. But don't let that fake you out. <laughs> it may work for others. But those kinds of thoughts or those things coming out of your mouth are really just revealing something you have to deal with. Psalm 34, 13. Psalm 34, 13 is incredible verses to go back and, uh, and ponder on as well. How about uh, Proverbs 26? Proverbs 26, verse 24 through 28. And then we take a look and you try and you make another person feel guilty by expressing your opinion that somehow he is shallow to take pleasure in your own particular benefit from that conversation or benefit that has come his way and you try to make him feel guilty. Don't you feel guilty having all of that stuff? Even though in the behind your mind, you wish you had all their stuff. Do you really think you need all that or that position or be able to do all that in the ministry, really? But in your mind, what you're saying is that I wish I had that all from him. James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and an understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly and sensual and demonic. For where any envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. 
But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable and gentle and willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Those who want to have peace among their brethren. How about you boast about your own accomplishments, especially in an effort to advance your purpose or advance your secret little agendas uh, and your cause around those around you to try to justify why you're trying to do what you're doing. Little secret agendas that happen and you try to rally other people around you by having these secret agendas and and trying to promote yourself and your own accomplishments. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 verse 31 He who glories, let him glory in the Lord, not himself. How about 2 Corinthians 11.30? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity, not in my accomplishments. And so as we take a look at this, how do you recognize that? Because I know some may be struggling, and how do you compare and understand when you're dealing with this in your own mind? Or how can you help someone else when they say, well, what's the difference between these uh, godly jealousy versus a sinful jealousy? Because what I saw in the scripture when I was reading that God is a jealous God in this case. How do you distinguish between those two things? Well, God is completely holy, and you need to understand that. Leviticus 19.2. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. We know this. And he's not only holy, but he is totally loving. And you need to understand 1 John 4, 8. He's totally loving. And his character will never change. Never change. James 1, 17. And his God's jealousy is never, ever described in any form or fashion in the scriptures as being described as envious or covetousness or greedy. Never. The second thing is you need to understand is God is whole in his holiness is jealous Exodus 34:14 but it's very distinctly different than the ungodly characteristics of jealousy of man. And the distinct difference is on the way or the kind of uh, of this godly jealousy versus an earthly jealousy all revolves around the focus of that jealousy and what that focus is about and the the very distinct difference between that godly jealousy and sinful jealousy. Godly jealousy focuses on God's honor, God's holiness, the worship that is due his name, and the purity of his people. Those are very clear distinctions and and to go back and understand when we see in the scripture that God is jealous, it's in those defending or bringing to light because they go against God. That is a godly jealousy. 
Whereas the focus for earthly jealousy is a sinful jealousy because it focuses on pleasing self and being harmful to others. So in your mind, if you're sitting there going, was that a godly jealousy or was that an earthly jealousy? The focus is the determination where you focus on self and, 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 uh, and focusing on harming others. Well, then that was earthly jealousy and you need to repent. When servants of God exhibit godly jealousy, the incidences that they reveal that godly jealousy show that the focus was to please God and bless others instead of gratifying self and harming others. That's how you distinguish between godly jealousy and earthly jealousy. Now when you take a look at envy and from God's view... This resentment or displeasure of, of another's attainments or material goods or accomplishments or um, results of, of, of just hard work. And someone has envy problems or jealousy problems where jealousy is that selfish desire to to. Uh, um, to you know, someone accomplished something, there's this desire of, a, uh, of resentment or of suspicion of how they were able to get and do what they're doing. It's jealousy. They bring resentment and certainly suspicion or fear that another person is seeking to take away what you perceive to be yours. This is mine. This is what I, I desire. This is what I deserve. This is what I, I need to have. Me, me, me. And this, I, I, how can someone not do what I want? Or why is this person doing what they're doing? And they have this perception in their mind that somehow someone's taking something away from them. And that is jealousy, ungodly jealousy. So let me give you some of the key things that distinguish envy and jealousy. Envy is not compatible with a good will in the body of Christ. Envy should not be in the body of Christ. It shouldn't be among ourselves at all because it's not in good will. 1 Timothy 6, verse 3 through 5. 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 5. One of the deeds or works is of the flesh. It's of the flesh when you have envy. It will bring a life separation. It will bring a separation of, of and, and hinder your relationship with God. And we already read early on Titus 3.3. 3. And if you have envy, that's showing and revealing that you do not have a spirit-controlled life, Galatians Chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And it also, envy is an indication of a deprived mind. And we see that in Romans chapter 1 verses 28 through 32, especially verse 29. Now, jealousy is also one of the deeds of darkness. Jealousy is a, there's a darkness in that person's life if they have jealousy. 
And they also consider it's fleshly and leads to foolish comparisons and competition or competitiveness between people. And that too goes against godly wisdom in James 3, verses 13 through 18. It denies biblical love when you have jealousy between one another. We see that in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Jealousy also preludes a, 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 what you will see in someone's life, disorder and evil coming because of darkness will creep up, James 3.16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusions and every evil thing are there. You may not see it watching that person's life, but it's there. And jealousy will bring about association of strife. You can see when you see strife between people, there is jealousy um, in and amongst that strife between two people. Romans 13, 13. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or drunkenness, nor in lewdness and lust, nor in strife and envy. Because envy and jealousy is of the flesh. And when the flesh gets involved, it causes tremendous problems. Covetousness. Covetousness is a wrongful desire to possess something of someone else. You believe in your head you are ordained for you to go and get that from the other person. That's mine. I deserve that. And it may not be at all. Same with greed, giving free reign to an overwhelming desire for more than what God's will in your life. Covetousness, that's mine. I'm going to get that from him. Greed, I'm not happy with what I have and what God has provided. I deserve more and I'm going to go get more. I have a desire to go get more. You have a greed problem because you're not content and you're not willing to, to uh, trust God's sovereignty in your life and God's will in your life of what he will provide for your life. And again, covetousness and greed just reveals a self-focus on self-gratification. You just want to gratify yourself through someone else's stuff or somehow you're going to go out there and strive and get it yourself. Colossians 3.5 Colossians 3.5 is a good verse. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, covetousness has always been forbidden by God. Always. We see that in Exodus 20, verse 17, and Deuteronomy 5.21. Also see it in Romans 13, 9. And it's also a very strong verse, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteousness or unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be conceived, deceived. 
neither fornicators or nor adulterers nor uh, idolaters or nor nor idolaters nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor covetous no drunkards nor revelers no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God that, that's a strong words when you read that so covetousness in your heart is not something you are to have at all if you're claiming to be a child of God. So determine not to be a person in the body of Christ that brings detriment to the body of Christ because you're not willing to change because of those sins in your life and not biblically change. Because Believers are forbidden to associate with so-called brothers who are covetous. We see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. And that is not easy. When you find someone who's covetous and trying to get something from you, and the only reason why they're hanging around is to get something from you, we are to disassociate. We're to not be hanging around and... and uh, and uh, associate with those brothers who are trying to take something from you. And lastly, greed. You need to guard yourself against greed. Luke 12, verse 15. Luke 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. We also see that... Greed is a key indicator of false teachers. False prophets, false teachers, antichrist kind of teachers, they are always looking and greed to try to get more and more and more. And they reject the things of God and they look to get more for themselves from whoever they can get it from. Psalm 10.3 for the wicked boast in his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. That is an indicator of a false teacher. It's also an indication of a deprived mind. We already gave you Romans 1 verses 28 through 32. And it also is a very key descriptive characteristic of a life separate from the Lord. They may say they're of the Lord, they say they're Christians, they say they're, but that is a very key indicator of greed, is one that is not following the Lord, and is there's a separation there. They're not at all walking with the Lord. And we must be mindful of these things uh, in our life. These four sins must not be in our lives. We must take whatever it takes, fight against the things that are causing uh, these sins that are still creeping up and allowing any dominance in your life. You must deal with it tonight. You must repent. You must ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh and to give you the power to say and to change biblically according to the word of God because you can no longer allow it to continue past tonight. Today's the day you make that biblical change and you fight the good fight, bring every thought under captivity and don't let those things of envy, jealousy, covetousness or greed creep back into your life 
Talk to the Lord about these things. He will show you, again, tonight, the scriptures to help you to understand. And if you need um, someone to help you with the scriptures for biblical counseling, please contact us here at the church. Um, find me on Sunday. Call. We want to help you. We do not want you to, to continue to um, have that separation with the Lord. We want you to walk real tightly with the Lord and you will be able to reconcile your relationships with others as well if you will just deal with that, repent of that, and then make it right with those who you've come against. And again, we just seek the Lord on all those things.